Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Corey. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. I want to talk about Vic Fangio and how uh, his priorities need to be, uh, well, uh, assembled. Where he needs to be ordering those for this Broncos team as he enters training camp. Of course, training camp launching on Thursday. And the Broncos will hit the field on an extended basis because, of course, they play in that Hall of Fame game on August 1st. We have a lot to get to on the par- on the program. We're going to talk a little bit on the offensive side and focus a little bit on the defense as well, too, because I believe Vic Fangio has one priority that he has got to absolutely lock down when it comes to this training camp and it may surprise you but first let's talk about our friends over there at tap 14 1920 blake street just a hop skip and a jump away from course field 70 colorado beers on tap 100 colorado distilled spirit chef andrea varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous go on over there to tap 14 that's tap 14 on the web spell out the word 14 for me tap 14.com that's tap 14 Com. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio. Talking about the high priorities for the Denver Broncos and Vic Fangio as the team gets set to get started with training camp. And of course, oh, this will all go very quick. Obviously, training camp coming up preseason. They'll be narrowing it down to a, a team of 53. And then here we go with the regular season coming up in Oh gosh, what feels like only it's only a month and a half from now. So this is going to come quick. And of course, that means that you need to prioritize, uh, well, your highest priority and making sure that you are locking it in and making sure that this team is performing at the highest level in that little department. I think many are going to look at this question. They're going to ask this question and say, hey, okay, what is the biggest priority for Vic Vangio? Obviously, it's to win games, okay? Well, I look at this team and I say, okay, how are they going to win games? Let's um, let's assume just for this discussion that everybody's going to be healthy. This is going to be a team that is going to see Philip Lindsay back on the field and Emmanuel Sanders at 100% capacity. This is a team that is going to win with defense. That is, make no mistake. That is how they are going to be winning most of their ball games. That is going to be the backbone of this team. They're not going to be an arid out full aerial assault offense with Joe Flacco. Okay. And I think many would look at this question and say, okay, well, Joe Flacco playing well is the highest priority keeping Joe Flacco healthy because he is the franchise quarterback. And I look at it just a hair differently. This is a Denver team again, that needs to be able to rush the passer. And you can almost go to the extent that that is their biggest priority. Because when you look at Vic Fangio, that is his bread and butter. That is his uh, calling to how he got the NFL coaching gig, is that he was going to be a defensive specialist and that he was going to be able to get to the quarterback, shut them down, and and build what many believe could be a top five, top ten defense, right? So 
if they don't show that right out of the gate, let's just say coming out of the gate, Oakland and that offense lights them up on Monday night. All of a sudden, Chicago and Green Bay, they've got two franchise quarterbacks that could be looking good. And maybe even so much Jacksonville in week four, who, of course, many, I don't think anybody looks at Nick Foles in Jacksonville as this world beater or somebody who really should be shredding a bad, a good defense. If they come out of the gate in that first four weeks and they look poor on defense and they can't get to the pass rush or they can't shut down the run or or pass after all those additions this offseason, of course, banking on some of the young talent rising in Bradley Chubb, Josie Jewell, uh, taking the place of Brandon Marshall. Of course, you're going to now have a new secondary and a secondary that I think is actually quite talented. One of the strengths of the team. Surprising to say that now after what we saw last year, one of the strengths of that team, that Denver secondary, if they look bad in the first four weeks, I think many are going to immediately begin to turn to, well, why isn't this guy who was brought in to be a specialist delivering on his specialty? And I really think that that is where uh, Vic Fangio needs to hammer home on one of his priorities is taking care of business where he knows how to take care of business the most. It's easy to get caught up in, in offense and yardage and spectacular plays and, and making sure that that's a ho humming offense. And really it doesn't need to be a priority of Vic Fangio's because Vic Fangio hired Rich Gangarello for a reason. And that's to take care of that side of the football. Vic Fangio, I believe, at least the impression that I get, knows that when you call a plumber, you don't tell the plumber how to do his job. You're not going to tell the plumber how to how to fix a toilet. You're not going to call an electrician to fix your light bulb and say, hey, uh, actually, I kind of know how to do this. So you're doing it a little differently than I would. You should do it this way. And say, That's not how it works. That's why you pay these guys. That's why you pay Rich Scangarello. That's why you bring him in to craft that offense, and you trust the veteran leadership that Joe Flacco is also going to bring. And, yeah, you've got some electric pieces in Emmanuel Sanders and Philip Lindsay who could be game-changing talents, assuming they are healthy. But let's not forget also about Noah Fant, that rookie tight end, who, of course, tight ends thrived in Rich Scangarello's offense. And so you bring in Scangarello to, to take care of that. Don't worry about it. Take care of your specialty, and that's the defense. And I know that everybody, again, looks at Vic Fangio as this guru, but but this is a first-time head coaching job for him. And so covering all your bases, making sure that all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted, and making sure this defense is a top-flight defense, that is almost the expectation that Denver fans have for this team. I mean, we talk about it all the time on the radio show, and you can join me, of course, on weekday mornings, 7 a.m. on Mile High Sports 1047 locally here in Denver. Of course, you can stream it at milehighsports.com. We talk about this on the radio show all the time. The expectation is for this Denver defense to be in the top 10. It, it feel very much feels like it. This is a Denver defense, actually, that was kind of middle of the road last year. They Certainly, they had some weaknesses, and they had some bad games. Of course, we talk about that uh, stint of three games earlier in the season as we get into the midweeks uh, last year where this Denver team just couldn't stop the run. And then all of a sudden, they couldn't stop the pass. They were losing, and then they had injuries. Chris Harris Jr. goes down, and then all of a sudden, everything spirals out of control. But if they come out of the gate in the first four weeks and they don't look like a top flight defense or they don't look elite, all of a sudden, here we go. Now everybody's going to start to question whether John uh, John Elway made the right decision on a head coach. Is this guy really a defensive guru? What is going on? Because he has the talent. Vic Fangio has the talent at his disposal. Make no mistake. We talked about that strong secondary. I'll tell you what, they got some two. They got two 
very good young safeties in Justin Simmons and Will Parks. Justin Simmons, more of a cerebral, knowledgeable, smart, savvy, good instinct safety who can cover end-to-end, a very athletic player, one of the most athletic on that Broncos team. And Will Parks, who can... has good instincts and can just bring the bring the wood. Just lay it down and really a a hard hitter and somebody who can make a real impact on this Vic Fangio defense. And of course, we've seen him, Vic Fangio at least, take some of those secondary uh pieces and and really begin to excel and and get the best out of them. So I think that's going to be the key in making sure that this is what's going to happen on this Denver defense is that I'm going to come in and I'm going to take care of what I'm specialist at, why I was hired into obviously win football games, but to take care of my side of things. We don't talk about Ed Donatel a lot when it comes to this defensive side of things. It is all on Vic Fangio. And that's not to discredit what Ed Donatel is going to bring because he is going to be a big part of that success on the defensive side of things, just as much as he got the credit in Chicago with Vic Fangio, but make no mistake. This is Vic Fangio's defense, and if that defense is not performing right out of the gate, oh boy, people are going to wonder right out. So I think it's going to be really, really high in priority for making sure that you're taking care of business. And uh, do I dare quote him from the uh, era of he who shall not be named? Do your job, making sure that you are taking care of your specialty. And that, of course, on the defensive side for Vic Fangio. Of course, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K Radio on Twitter. Some secondary priorities, and I, and I think this is a big one in the offensive line. This is a Denver offensive line that just seemingly has not been good for the last, oh my gosh, we could maybe even rattle off the last 10 years. Um, this is a D- Denver offensive line that has not been good post-Manning. It was good because of Peyton Manning. I think Peyton Manning, you really saw in 2016-17 how other quarterbacks function behind that offensive line. It was not good. It was not good. It was Peyton Manning and his knowledge of the game, his two-step-ahead-of-the-defense approach, that cerebral, just uh, Hall of Fame mind, that was masking a lot of the deficiencies that Denver had on that offensive line. Now, certainly, I believe they're an improved offensive line from left to right. And and to start, Mike Munchek is really going to be the one who, hopefully, hopefully, your ideal scenario is that Mike Munchak gets an inch better over here with Garrett Bowles, an inch better with Ron Leary, an inch better with Jawan James, the new free agent acquisition. Dalton Reisner comes in. Connor McGovern slides over to the center position to take the place of Max Paradis. You hope that you get an inch here, an inch there, an inch there, and then all of a sudden you're looking at half a foot that you've improved as a whole on the offensive line, and that's not talking about the talent. I'm just talking just directly coaching somebody who can come in, knows where to put guys in the right places, and understands how to block some of the better defenders in the league because make no mistake, they're going to see some talent on the defensive side of things. Of course, they see San Diego, or uh, uh, excuse me, Los Angeles. We're still calling them San Diego. Wherever the hell they are, the Chargers. You're going to see that talented uh, pass rush of Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa coming at them twice a year. Of course, you see Khalil Mack in week two against Chicago. Or, uh, against Chicago, So this is going to be a defense that is going to have to face some good pass rushers. They are going to need to be able to show within the first couple weeks, within the first six weeks, that they have drastically improved. I think they have. And I, I ideally, look, the official depth chart is not released by any means, 
But if I was to project it out, and I think many believe this to, to be the case, you're going to see Garrett Bowles at left tackle, Ron Leary at left guard. I know that left guard potential swap has been kind of up in the air. I think you're going to see Ron, uh, Ron Leary back at that left guard position. That's where he is most comfortable. That's where he is most talented, not only with Denver, but also from his time in Dallas. Of course, we talked about Connor McGovern sliding over to that center position. Dalton Reisner, the rookie. Of course, the Wiggins, Colorado man coming home to Denver and he's going to play that right guard position and then Juwan James at that right tackle position. So I think there is some talent, but uh, with that being said, you can also say there are question marks. And again, this is where Mike Munchak comes into play. So important that he takes care of those question marks from Garrett Bowles in just the general progression. Uh, Garrett Bowles has been a, I actually am a little higher on Garrett Bowles than many. I know everybody wants to bash Garrett Bowles for the all the holding penalties, inopportune times, and certainly he has not panned out to be the the t- the first round pick that many I think uh, believe that he could have been more of a road grader type. This is the year that we got to see Garrett Bowles step up. This is good. This is the year that we are going to see Garrett Bowles either become one of the better left tackles in the league or somebody who is probably not going to be in the NFL in two years. This is somebody who really needs to step up, and the hope is that this offseason he has taken advantage of Mike Munchak, that knowledge and the opportunity opportunities that could be given to him. Ron Leary coming back from the left guard position, assuming this is a guy who comes back healthy, of course dealt with the injury last year, I believe is going to be just fine at that left guard position. I'm not so much worried about Connor McGovern sliding over from center when it comes to a on-field standpoint. And I know he hasn't played on-field, but I'm going to talk about the off-field aspect here in just a second. I really like Dalton Reisner at that right guard position. I think this is somebody who could really solidify their right guard position for a long, long time, potentially moving over to the left side to protect the quarterback blind side when eventually the Broncos move on from the aging Ron Leary at some point in time in the future. And then Juwan James, look, they had to overpay to get a right tackle. This is a guy who has had question marks when it comes to on-field dedication. That's just a rumor. That's not my analysis, but certainly there have been some that have said that maybe his head is not exactly 100% in the game Look, Denver paid him a lot of money to be in the game and be a premier right tackle. So we're going to see how that pans out for Denver. I want to go back to that center position because we talked about Conor McGovern sliding over and how I'm not really worried on the field. Not worried about that. And this does have a little bit to do with on the field, but more so off the field in the leadership. It's not to say Conor McGovern is not a leader. Make no mistake. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is Conor McGovern has to fill the shoes of Matt Paradis. Now, Matt Paradis, for those who don't know, uh, being somebody who's being in the locker room on a weekly basis after every game, Matt Paradis was a tremendous leader for Denver. Tremendous. He was a, 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 a beacon of stability, leadership, intangibles, was going to be the guy, first one in, last one out, lunch pail type guy who's just does his work, goes about it the right way, and and they lost a lot of that with Matt Paradis. He was a quiet leader. I know many believe that that he wasn't as, you know, you sh- you're supposed to be this vocal leader who's always speaking to the media and yada, yada, yada to be a leader. That's not the case. A lot of guys go around uh, with a very much leadership tag to those players, but maybe they're not as vocal. And I think Demarius Thomas is a good example of this. Demarius Thomas was not somebody who many thought was a leader, but make no mistake. This was a guy where when he spoke people in that locker room, listen, those players, listen, they well-respected him. 
Matt Paradis was a big part of that on that offensive line. And when it when it comes to offensive lines, look, team chemistry is so important. It is so crucial to a team's success on the offensive line. And they lost that with Matt Paradis. And so I just hope that Connor McGovern can take a next step, take another step and kind of fill that void. Or maybe it gets spread out a little bit, but maybe Mike Menchek, you know, steps in and kind of acts as that guy. Regardless, this is something that Connor McGovern, because he is the center, he has to be a big part of that. And if Denver is deteriorating at the center position, not only from a leadership standpoint, but also from a playing standpoint on the field, could be a long, long year because Joe Flacco, in talking about him, this is a guy who, look, when he gets time, can be a above-average quarterback, but this is a guy you're going to have to give some time. You're not going to – and look, you really could be said for all quarterbacks. That's maybe not fair to say about Joe Flacco that, you know, when he doesn't have time, then he can't perform because it's really the same for everybody. And, again, we go back to those pass rushers that they are going to see. They're going to see some good ones multiple times this year. And so that offensive line also, I think, one of the big priorities – for Vic Fangio to make sure that that ship is sailing straight and not going to hit an iceberg this offseason. I think the last part when it comes to this Broncos team overall is just making sure that the, the message is getting out. You know, don't have one of those chaotic, unorganized, and, and of course he hit on it right off the bat, that death by inches plagued year. You know, because again, this is the first year, and we should not assume that Vic Fangio is just going to take over the reins and say, look, everything's going to move ship ship sailing nice and straight and everybody's going to be following my word yada yada yada. look certainly i believe the players have bought into him and i believe that they know who's in charge and they know who the boss is but it's easier said than executed because if they lose start to lose a couple games all of a sudden that kind of mindset mm, it starts to sound a little different and maybe that tune changes a little bit and all of a sudden you're looking at a whole new scenario so making sure you're executing on the field and making sure that he is backing up a lot of this talk and and taking that leadership role and 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 ensuring because they, look this has got a this is this is a denver team with a lot of influential veterans from von miller to Derek wolf we talked about ron leary we talked about uh, uh manuel sanders as well too chris harris jr this is a team that has got a lot of local leaders on the veteran side of things and it's always the veterans who kind of i wouldn't say the right word is chirp but but the, the veterans are the ones who are first to notice this because they've been through the rigors they've seen this before your dalton reisners your Noah fans look they're just happy to be there they're just happy to be playing in the nfl to get paid they've never seen what a good and a bad coaching staff looks like or somebody they could buy into and somebody they can't maybe on the college level not at the nfl level the veterans, they've seen it before. They've gone through the Vance Josephs. They've gone through the Gary Kubiaks for, for some of them, at least. And they've gone through other coaching staffs as well, too, previously to getting to Denver for those who entered either via trade or free agency. So this is a Denver team that if they've got everybody bought into Vic Fangio's system and Vic Fangio's system is working to the tune of a top five, top ten defense, and then you've got good protection on the offensive line covering a Joe Flacco who could be, you know, look, average to above average. Look, we are laying out a scenario, and I I know it's 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 early. It's tough to just throw stuff out like this, and people are going to believe this is a hot take. I truly believe it. I've been talking about it on my radio show for the last two months. 
That is a scenario for a 9-10 win football team that maybe gets in as a wild card. Like, you're probably not going to win the division. There's a lot of talent in that division from the Chargers to the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs have lost a lot, but that Chargers team is... They are looking darn good, I tell you what. They figure out that Melvin Gordon situation, and all of a sudden, this that's a 12-win team. So maybe you don't win the division. But that's a 10-6 and six wild card team that nobody wants to play. Nobody wants to play. Flacco playing in the playoffs. A different character. We have seen that before. A defense that travels with Vic Fangio, the, the mafia mastermind, who is essentially the mob boss ready to just come attack quarterbacks. That's a dangerous team. That's a team you don't want to play as anybody else in the AFC. You think Tom Brady is trying to line up uh, behind a, a, a Vic Fangio-led Von Miller-Bradley-Chubb-Vaughn defense that's getting at it for the quarterback in the postseason? No thanks. They want no part of that. So, look, this it's obviously looking very much forward in the future. That's just kind of projecting out a little bit. But I'm just telling you, laying out some things that if those priorities get taken care of, you take care of all the little things. The big thing takes care of itself, and that big thing could be a 9-10 win team this year for the Denver Broncos if they clean up some of those just little minute things. Again, I think you're going to really see, for those who didn't truly believe, how bad, how bad of a coaching job uh, Vance Joseph did last year and the year prior. I think you're going to see that magnified this year because I think Vic Fangio is going to come in and truly going to improve that team and make them a a well-running, established steam engine. So, But, of course... We'll see how it plays out. That's why we play the games. The Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by Tap 14. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter. Lots of places to go to consume the Broncos with Mile High Sports from the mobile app. Of course, that is free for Apple and Android. The website, milehighsports.com. I will be writing a journal entry every single day from Broncos training camp. What I observed, what I saw from the team that, well, of course, uh, will be taking the field here, gosh, a couple of weeks for preseason a month and a half for regular season. Thank God for football. We are back, baby, with the Broncos Blitz podcast. We're going to try to make this again once more a daily podcast. So thanks so much for tuning in. And, of course, be sure to share if you have reactions. If you want to ask questions to me directly on Twitter, you can do so at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. We are all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Of course, be sure to check in with reaction, all kinds of great thoughts, and catch me on the radio, 7 a.m. on Mile High Sports. That's Mountain Standard Time, and of course, you can stream at milehighsports.com every single weekday. And again, catch us uh, for those training camp broadcasts as well, too. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, big thanks to our friends over there at TAP14. My name is Ronnie Court. We'll see you next time. Broncos Blitz Podcast. See y'all. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.